one. Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and today I am joined with my compadres, Tyler, Danny, and Bush, a.k.a. Corey. You know, Corey's his real fucking name, but he goes by Bush, but it's okay. <laughs> so in this video, we're going to be talking about some busts at the quarterback and tight end position. There will also be videos about running backs and wide receivers. So in this video, we're going to do a half-and-half half type of deal here. The first part is going to be on my channel, and the second part is on their channel, the Fantasy Stock Exchange, link down below in the description. Same with all of their Twitters. So we're going to get right into the video. Not too much fluff here. We're going to go first to Tyler. Yeah, so um, I'm going to start off with the first quarterback of the video, uh, Baker Mayfield, as my quarterback bust on the season. Currently quarterback 10, uh, Matt Ryan sitting right around him, Josh Allen. Those are quarterbacks I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like a lot more. Even Sam Darnold taking a reach on his potential uh, with them adding so much offensive line. I'll, I'll take that risk over going with Baker. And, and here's why. 35 interceptions in 32 games. He doesn't control the ball well. He has less rushing attempts consistently throughout his – from NCAA to 2018 to 2019 to now is consistently declining um, – in rushing attempts, and I do not like that at all. It was 11 less from last year to going into 2019, where he had 28. Uh, it's just a consistent decline in, in rushing, so that takes the factor away from it in fantasy value. And then his overall quarterback play has just consistently declined throughout uh, NCAA to 2018 to 2019. So I do not like Baker. I think he will just consistently be declining. I, I don't like him as a talent as it is. And I'd much rather take a shot at Matt Ryan with an electric offense with Josh Allen with his mobility and the offense that they piece together for him. Much rather have those guys over Baker. You guys' thoughts? Uh, we'll start with Bush because I know he's uh, the biggest. Yeah, so I had Baker as QB1 in that class. So I, I do believe in the talent. Um, I like what they're doing in the offseason. Like Austin Hooper, like he's not going to have too much fantasy value himself, but I, I think he does help. Yeah, we'll get to that at some point. <laughs> um, but he does help. Uh, he does help Baker Mayfield. Jack Conklin, not the greatest pass blocking right tackle, but he's better than what they had out there. And you got to assume with that number ten overall pick, they're either going to pick a tackle there or even get up even higher in the draft to pick another one. Mm -hmm. So I can see why you'd say Baker would be a bust. But I I, don't, I disagree. I think he's properly rated, but to each his own, I guess. I mean, yeah, I can I, add to that as well. Uh, sorry. Uh, I mean, if you're going to have any cause for concern, it could be with the Stefanski hire and the, and the fact that we saw the effect it had on Kirk Cousins, the low volume, the low passing volume they had in the Vikings offense last year, 444 total attempts on the season for Kirk Cousins, which is under 30 per game, obviously. Um, I mean, I look at Baker. I mean, I think he's an ultra-talented quarterback. I, I don't really agree with that narrative, how he's declined every year. I mean, I just look at the circumstance of that team last year. I mean, Freddie Kitchens, what he was doing on that team was just a complete mess. Uh, I still, again, I still believe in Baker's talent. I had him as a top three quarterback in that class. I really liked him. Uh, he's an accurate guy. I mean, he's got weapons. He's got Hooper. He's got those two receivers on the outside. You got Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. Uh, if I'm going to have cause for concern in terms of his overall upside, it would be because of the Stefanski hire. But I mean, I, I mean, a quarterback 10 might be a little rich for me personally, but I can definitely see the upside there is what I would say on that. Yeah. I just, I know that there's going to be a rookie offensive lineman on there, uh, on their line. I, I know that their offensive line isn't going to be incredible from what it was last year. And, and again, like you said, this Stefanski hire does not help him passing wise. 
And what I really wanted to point out was that the rushing attempts aren't, aren't even that high either. So any, any form of fantasy value, I don't really think it, you're getting, especially with what's sitting around there with Matt Ryan and, and Josh Allen, the upside of, of those two in a standard redraft kind of league or PPR, where it doesn't even matter with quarterbacks, you're, you're going to get a lot, a lot better of a shot when you draft one of those guys than you will Baker, because you know, you'll, you'll at least get the quantity either in passing attempts with Matt Ryan or the mobility effect and Stefan Diggs now joining in Buffalo. I think Josh Allen and Matt Ryan are much better quarterbacks. Uh, I think the guys that are sitting right around him are better guys that you can trust Matt Stafford in there as well. Uh, I'd much rather go with them than Baker. Yeah, I honestly think that if this was like a dynasty video, I actually do like Baker. But for this season alone, I don't really trust it. Like you were talking about Stefanski, they're going to run the ball a zillion times every single game. But obviously, they do have the talent around him at wide receiver. They got guys like Odell, Landry, Hooper, like you said, and David Njoku, who's obviously mega talented, but he's going to get shipped off probably maybe halfway through the season or next year. But I think that Baker will be okay. But I think 10, 10 you said, is where he's at? A little too high. A little too high at 10. I mean, there's so many guys underneath him. Like, I would rather take the guess at Drew Brees. Drew Brees probably under him. I'd rather have Drew Brees, to be honest with you. I was going to bring up uh, Matt Stafford's a guy I'm really looking at uh, for this upcoming season. I just look at the weapons there, and he's listed under him. Weapons there, points per game he averaged last year. The only real cause for concern with Matt Stafford would be his back. But we'll see how that progresses over the offseason. But, uh, again, I like Baker. It's just at at this current juncture, having him at number 10 is a little – of a stretch for me, but uh, I can definitely see both the arguments regarding his upside versus his floor uh, being lower than what you would want. So, mm-hmm. so I think over here, all here, do we have anything else to say about Baker? Definitely. No, that sounds probably good. Okay, so now we'll move on to my tight end of the video, and my tight end is Zach Ertz of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, a fantasy football calculator, he is tight end number five, overall player number 52. Last season in 2019, he finished as tight end number three, and he was tight end number five in points per game. So my real argument about the fact that he's going to be a bust is Zach Ertz 2019 total snaps was 959. Godert's total snaps in 2019 was 924. They're getting up there closer. Godert to me is going to be the better tight end. I don't know if this leap happens this year or if it's next year, but soon enough, Zach Ertz is going to be out of time there in Philadelphia. They, they have to get a wide receiver. You think they draft a wide receiver. So this has to hurt Zach Ertz because Zach Ertz is the only tight end or the only player out there really besides him and Goder were the only guys that were catching balls. He is ranked above everyone else except for Kelsey Kittle and Andrews around that area. And the guys ranked below him, I think could finish above him. A guy like Darren Waller, a guy like Hunter Henry, a guy like Evan Ingram, who I don't even like, but I think if Evan Ingram somehow stayed healthy, he could easily beat out Zach Ertz. So what do you guys think? A Noah yeah. fan too added to that list, but uh... yeah, definitely. I want to throw the two rookies in there. I like, I mean, we're going to, we're going to talk about Hawkinson right after this. I'm pretty sure. But I, like <laughs> I like Hawkinson and fan over uh, a, a chance at being over Ertz at the end of the season too. Goddard, it's going to take a large percentage of it. I think we've just consistently seen that rise in uh, in targets stolen from Ertz, and I think that will continue. I, I I fear taking Ertz. There's no way in hell I'm even considering taking him, even in a redraft over Mark Andrews, Kittle, Kelsey, obviously. Um, you know, it's hard for me to justify wanting to take Ertz over one of those top three, and, and then again, even some of the guys right after him. Mm-hmm. Danny, what are your thoughts here? I mean, again, uh, when I look at Ertz, uh, I can definitely see Goddard taking away a lot of his snap percentages this year. I, I still think he's going to be a top, at, at the very least, a top seven option. It's just what I see with Zach Ertz is you, 
I don't see possible top three upside for the next season simply because there is Goddard there. I feel like they're going to add a receiver. And just in general, I mean, you look at Wentz, as much as I love Wentz as a talent, like weird to say as a Cowboys fan, but he, like I can acknowledge talent when I see it. You got to look at the durability concerns and the splits between when Wentz is on the field versus when Wentz isn't on the field is a real cause for concern in terms of Zach Ertz's uh, play style because for Zach Ertz, he's not going to absolutely stretch the field on you. He's not absolutely going to dunk on you. His game is predicated on short intermediate passes, getting eight to 10 targets a game, which is what he's done basically throughout his career. I mean, he broke the reception record for a tight end just two years ago. Now, do I feel like he's going to get that elite volume? The answer would be no. So that's where I stand on it. I just don't see the real upside, but I can see the safety net. I can see the floor play and grabbing a guy like Ertz in the mid rounds. Okay. Bush, your thoughts here? Uh, yeah. So I have a policy and it's, I don't take inefficient players. And to me, Zach Ertz, what, like whether his stats are actually inefficient or not, he's an inefficient fantasy player because like Danny said, he requires elite volume to be good. And I'd rather, I'd much rather take a shot on a guy like Noah Fant, on a guy like OJ Howard, Dawson Knox, Eric Ebron, all these guys that can be efficient with less volume because I'm more of a, I'm, I'm more willing to draft the boomer bust type guys than I am shooting for the safety because I don't think safety wins you fantasy championships. Yeah, I completely agree to like pinpoint on there. Like you can literally, you're going to be drafting Zach Ertz at overall pick 52. What's that? The fifth, sixth round, somewhere around there. Why not just wait? four more rounds and draft someone else like like Bush just said that you take risk on I mean Zach Ertz is going to be safe but that's about the only thing about him that I would even put as an upside for him yeah anything else either uh, nothing really I mean again we've been pretty much on the same page here throughout the video so that, that'll show the viewers that we're all in well, this so. <laughs> and transition to uh to Corey's tight end because here's where Tyler has some heat <laughs> all right so I want to point out, I want to preface this beforehand. This is not a dynasty show right now. Yeah. I love TJ Hawkinson as a talent. I think he's a great player. But for 2020 redraft, I do not like his ADP. He's currently going as tight end nine, 79th pick off the board, 707. That's too early for someone who, in my opinion, showed nothing his rookie year. He had one good game. It was against the Arizona Cardinals. I'm pretty sure all four of us could have put up a tight end one week against him. <laughs> um, so to me, TJ Hawkinson screams that streamer tight end that breaks out at half second half of the season. That doesn't help you jack shit in your draft. So what you need uh, to do basically is not draft TJ Hawkinson because he's probably going to get dropped like by week four. And that's when you pick him up and you stash him and then you hope he has a great second half of the year. Um, one thing that really concerns me about Hawkinson is the fact that he was injured a lot of his rookie year, which is not a good thing, especially for tight ends who generally tend to take more time to develop and I know Hawkinson was heralded as a great blocker coming out of school but it's still it's still a big transition even if you are a good blocker I've seen it in uh, Tampa Bay right here with OJ Howard who was a good blocker in college and he's still struggling to transition to uh, a blocking tight end role in the NFL um, uh, one other thing I want to point out is if you take out that Arizona game when he was on the field he was seeing like roughly about five targets a game which is good volume for a rookie tight end but he was only turning that into like 19 yards a game which is not very efficient and like I said I prefer efficient players I'd rather some guy and that is a big marker for success as well when a rookie tight end or a second year tight end is really efficient with low volume 
uh, you can usually project a breakout upon uh, afterwards. I mean, we've but, seen it before. Um, I mean, look at Kittle, look at Andrews in the past. It's easy to project tight end breakouts simply because you see the efficiency that they show with their limited touches. And once you project the uh, the role to expand, you could, I mean, you could see it coming. That's why I love fans so much this year. But, I mean, that'll be a later time. But, uh, sorry to cut you off, by the way. Like, I completely didn't mean to. But to add to Hawkinson, I mean, we look at it, especially with, like, the coronavirus going on, he didn't really get to develop a rapport with Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford has relied on Kenny Galladay. He's relied on Marvin Jones. And, he like, he hasn't developed a real connection with Hawkinson because when Hawkinson was hurt – was when Matt Stafford played last year. When Matt Stafford was hurt, that's when Hawkinson came back. They never got, uh, developed that connection. How do we expect him to fully uh, develop that by week one and make him worth the tight end 980p for this season? Now, if we're talking dynasty. That's a completely different story. I think he's a, an elite talent that can really establish himself. But for redraft purposes, tight end nine, given these circumstances, I agree with Corey that uh, it's just too high at this point. We yeah, seen I it. think I think he just has too many concerns to be the ninth tight end off the board. There's like proven guys that are going behind him. Like in my opinion, his call his former college teammate Noah Fant, no who I know Danny's a big fan yeah. of. Uh, guys like OJ Howard, who I've been beating the drum for since I watched him in uh, in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Mike Gusecki, Gerald Everett, Jared Cook, Hayden Hurst, Johnny Smith, like some of these guys, I just think they have less red flags and and probably equal amount of upside. And let's not let's not pretend like the Lions aren't going to have a top five pick in two years from now. Like they're going to be a bad team next year. So, yeah. and probably their coach and GM are going to get fired. And then a new regime who didn't draft TJ Hawkinson top ten might be coming in, which is a little dynasty thing that I'm not going to get into right now. But yeah, any nice. uh, thoughts, uh, Tyler, on Hawkinson? Yeah. I know he's your boy. <laughs> he's I mean, waiting. I have a lot of, hey, I have a lot of dynasty stock in this guy, so I have to I have to put that aside here for this video. I do like him a lot. And I feel like he'll be a Matt Stafford kind of like high, high volume target uh, over time, but yeah, it does need to develop. That's, that's, that is true. And I feel like it will over the season. Again, like you said, if he's, if he's on a waiver wire sitting week two, three, four, where whoever, whoever drafts is disappointed, swipe him up because he's the kind of guy that, that could really start figuring out and start clicking. And Matt Stafford is an excellent quarterback with pieces, uh, especially in fantasy. So if you're given the opportunity to, to swipe them up for basically nothing, do it. Uh, spend some fab on it. If you have fab leagues, spend it to try and make sure you lock that down because um, he could be really, really good. It, it just, yeah, like you said, coronavirus, Danny, I mean, it, it's going to kill a lot of offseason uh, kind of meshing between quarterbacks and wide receivers. And, and we saw firsthand with my quarterback, who I called the bust, uh, with him and Odell, when Odell was not taking any of the ODAs, he wasn't going to any of um, – he wasn't going to enough practices with Baker. When, when guys can't match, it, it causes an issue, and it doesn't really work out for us in fantasy. So, you know, this downtime is going to be interesting because a lot of the new matchups, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, that's a big one. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, Drew Brees, where these guys may not be with each other. Uh, their meshing time and, and being able to figure out um, each other as players, it's going to really cause an effect. Making me nervous. <laughs> Be nervous for though. Don't be nervous for Godwin. But my my reasoning here is I don't like him either. I think that Stafford is very like I'm not even sure if Stafford will make it through the year. His two best games were Stafford 
10 points against KC and like you said, against Arizona. But like you said, again, Arizona, anyone could have scored a million touchdowns against them because that's just what happened every single time Arizona played against a tight end. So I am worried about Hawkinson. I do not really trust him. I think dynasty purposes, like we said, he probably will be pretty good. But for this year, I'm very off on Hawkinson. There's so many guys around him. You guys already listed it. Like the argument, I'm just repeating. It's very clear. Hawkinson, to me, is just a no-go. that. I mean, uh, segueing into the next topic, we mentioned Stefan Diggs. It kind of correlates directly with the next guy I'm going to bring up, and that's Kirk Cousins for me. I mean, uh, he's currently listed uh, 2020 ADP as a quarterback 12 overall 99. And in 2019, 69.1% completion percentage on only 444 attempts, 3,603 yards, 26 touchdowns, six interceptions. He finished as the quarterback 13 and quarterback 17 on points per game. Now, what I'm baffled by is Kirk Cousins' uh, current average draft position of quarterback 12 is uh, – it just doesn't make sense. I mean, last season, he finished as the quarterback 13 with quarterback 17 uh, points per game. And nothing in this current offseason would suggest that any, any sort of part of his situation improved. I mean, uh, he lost his number one target in Stefan Diggs in a trade to the Buffalo Bills earlier in the offseason. And he lost his offensive coordinator, Kevin Stefanski, who accepted the Cleveland Browns job. Uh, now, people, people might argue in the comment section, oh, well, uh, Kevin Stefanski was actually a hindrance. Again, you already mentioned he had a super high uh, run-to-pass split in 2019. And that's fine. Don't get me wrong. But Gary Kubiak is the one taking over for him. And, I mean, he's notorious, notorious, uh, <laughs> for his run-pass percentages when he was the head coach of the Texans. I mean, Look at all the years where Arian Foster was a big, relevant piece in terms of fantasy football purposes. He was a, a top-five running back for a majority of years in the early 2010s. So uh, I'm just looking at it. I mean, turmoil is a quarterback's worst nightmare. I mean, especially when you're losing a guy like Stefan Diggs and your play caller. Uh, so it just, to me, uh, an ADP of quarterback 12 is not warranted simply because like, how, are you, how are you supposed to lose all of this and then get better from what you did last year. It just doesn't make sense to me. So uh, at this juncture, I mean, Cousins is a clear bus pick for me. What do you guys? What are your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, to me, it's just very clear that he would be a bust to all the guys around him. I just like so much more. I think that Kirk doesn't have any of that upside that you really look for a quarterback. If you're drafting late, he does not have that rushing ability. And that's a big thing. If you're playing in a four-point per passing touchdown league, which most people are in, I would assume. I would assume 90% of leagues are like that. Six-point per passing touchdown, it doesn't really matter. But when you run that touchdown in, you're getting all those points. And with Stefan Diggs leaving, I am very worried. Who are they going to replace Stefan Diggs with? Probably no one. It does not matter. Adam Thielen is going to be – <laughs> oh yeah, Tajay Sharp, the god from Tennessee. But I think that I think that Adam Thielen might be good this year, but I don't think that Kirk Cousins is gonna be any good this year. I think he'll probably finish just like as an average guy, maybe around 15, 20 to 20. Yeah, I mean he'll he's gonna be screaming you like that because they're probably gonna end up making the fucking playoffs because <laughs> they always end up making the playoffs and then they're gonna beat the Saints. But with that said, anyone else wanna say anything? Yeah, no, Thielen. Thielen's a big argument, real quick, man. I love Thielen as a value right now. Uh, it's very undervalued. Go ahead and grab him. I'll probably mention him in our whatever. If we do an upcoming um, steals in the draft, Adam Thielen's looking really good right now. He's the only target for Cousins, but folks want to hear your, hear your talk on Cousins. Uh, so I'm going to stand for Cousins a little bit. Um, if you guys have looked at the Vikings' losses on defense – it's pretty, it's pretty scary. Uh, I think the Vikings are going to be slinging the ball. I don't think they're going to be like, I know Kubiak is there and I know Zimmer wants to run the ball, but 
their defense might not give them a choice. Like they, their defense is going to be bad. Like they have no corners on their roster right now, except for Mike Hughes, who it wasn't good coming out of school and still isn't good. So in my opinion, I think the, the, the ADP of 12 is a little too high, but if he falls to that like 16 to eight, 18 range where Kirk Cousins always is going, I'll, I'll take him as a, a second QB in a uh, super flex league. I think he, he'll be a lot safer than he usually is because I do think the volume is going to go up because they're not going to have the no fly zone that they're used to having in Minnesota. I mean, uh, I could definitely see in terms of uh, like the, uh, the overall situation being like forcing his hand in terms of passing more. Uh, but I just look at it. I mean, again, like the run pass percentages with Kubiak, it's not going to change much from what Stefanski was running. And simply put, I mean, losing your number one target is going to have an effect on both your efficiencies and your raw total, simply because who's going to take all those targets that Stefan Diggs left behind? I mean, people are going to argue, oh, he only had 94 to begin with. 94 is still a lot for uh, a BC Johnson, a Tajay Sharp to combine to take over. I mean, we have not seen really anything like to suggest that they are even capable of doing that. I mean, at this point before the draft, I'm assuming, again, like, we're doing this prior to the draft. Say they add a, a top top five receiver prospect. That changes things, obviously. But at quarterback 12 at this point, from what we know, it should, I just simply can't pull the trigger on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone else got anything else to add here? No, I was going to I was gonna add the fact that they're probably going to add a receiver in the draft too, but he, he, got, he got it for me. Okay, so are we, are we done here today? Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, Sounds good. good. I mean, I, think, I, think I was just going to quickly shout out uh, – Obviously, uh, Notorious must have linked this in the description, but new YouTube page. We just started up. Uh, two videos already posted. Third post, uh, posted tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Uh, check us out, Fantasy Stock Exchange. Again, we just went over our two-round mock draft. I uh, think you guys will enjoy it. I mean, future content coming. We're on our grind, so stay tuned. Yeah. So We're going to have a lot of uh, prospect breakdowns. Uh, try and get those pumped out before the draft starts, and uh, those will be up on the site, thefantasystockexchange.com. YouTube and uh, Twitters and all that stuff will be linked in the description. So, yep. cool. yeah, make sure you guys check that all out. It's going to be great content over there. Tyler, do you have anything to say? On my way to 70 followers, guys, where you got a lot of, got a lot of rays here. We're at 60. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Thank he you guys all every for video. <laughs> We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're Almost set. at 400, boys. Yeah, flex your Twitter, Dick. Thank you all for watching. Go I love Bush, each. Go every- ahead. <laughs> I love each and every single one of you guys. Check out all their links down below in the description. Thank you to all of them for coming. Have a great rest of your day. Click on one of the videos on the screen, and their channel will be down below in the description. Everything down below. Have a great rest of your day, and goodbye.